1: All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
0: Before we start today's podcast, a quick
2: heads up on Sherlock's VIP club, from restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit ShearlarksVIP.com
0: Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Heather Steele, Lou Hough and Becky Hull. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello. What's everybody been watching this week?
1: I am really late to the party, but I've just finished Fleabag. I'm uh-huh. sure you've talked about it loads and loads and loads. Couldn't say anything better. It's so, so brilliant. It is the best thing on TV yeah. currently, if you haven't um, watched it. I'm
2: might. still so behind on bag. I haven't even
1: started the first series, but I'm off next week, so I will oh, do some good. You can binge it quite quickly because they're only half an hour episodes, mm. which sometimes is amazing and sometimes you're like, I just want more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's really easy to catch up on and you get completely consumed in it very quickly. So, mm,
3: Good show. I'll I'll definitely. definitely watch the two in succession because I think from discussing it in the office earlier, the first one can put people off a little bit and they're like oh this isn't for me because it's a bit close to the bone or raw or rude but stick with it definitely and
0: actually the second season is way less risque than the first the very first scene is quite famous because even people who haven't seen it know that it starts with her having anal sex right Yeah. and yeah that can be quite off-putting but actually season two in particular is much more about love and relationships and connections than that kind of raw sex stuff so stick with it what about you guys?
3: I've been really busy the last few weeks, so to be honest, I've just been watching Line of Duty and Game of Thrones. So just yes. my two things at the moment, which I'm loving both of them. So yes, enjoying Sunday nights again because I've got my Line of Duty fixed, but only for one more week, which is very upsetting. I really um, need to get on this now. Oh, yeah. doing, Please do.
1: you watch it, do? No, I watched the first one ages ago and my boyfriend fell asleep whilst we were watching it and I was like "How oh, annoying!" i we I to enjoy this with but literally I don't think anything has been more hyped up yeah everyone's um, talking about it it's so so, good yeah. but I feel like this season in particular people are talking about it way more than it ever has been spoken about before I
3: think for long term fans finally all the threads of the mm. previous three seasons okay, okay. have actually you're like oh they're all related so there's right. a real investment now in this overriding bad guy okay. Okay. Woman. We so don't know. so it
0: is definitely worth starting for the
3: beginning definitely I've seen on Twitter because I like to kind of see what everyone said afterwards and some people have only just started watching it this series and they're enjoying it but the whole thing is always calling back to previous characters and okay. previous deaths and investigations and people are like who's Lindsay Denton who's like one of the most major characters <laughs> yeah. in the whole thing <laughs> and I'm like honestly just go on iPlayer and just catch up but, and then watch it <laughs> I
0: find that a bit with Game of Thrones so a few of these shows I think you really do have to start
3: from the beginning and, yeah. and pay attention, I think is the, the message. Or rewatch a previous series, but I didn't mind doing that with Game of Thrones, to be <sighs> honest. I loved it. I just wouldn't yeah. know where to where to start where from. To start, yeah. Mm. But. be a geek and read the books like I have. It's oh, got oh, a oh, glossy. The they are. They're not, you know, the most beautifully written thing, but I think like with this series, it's the story mm. and it's and so good that it carries you and it gives you a lot more context and history of the houses. So I would say they're worth a read. Maybe once it's all finished. Exactly. I'll need my fix
0: so I'll go to the books. (laughs) Well, I'm very happy that The Bold Type is back on Amazon Prime. I talked about it before. I mean, it's a load of rubbish but I really love it and I don't know why and I sit there thinking this is crap but I can't wait for the next episode. It's basically about a group of girls who work for a magazine and they deal with really pertinent topical issues in quite a different way. So I think unusually for a streaming service they drop episodes weekly. So there's only been three of season three so far but the one I just watched is all about a straight male character who is accused of being too pushy, getting a girl into bed, but not accused in like a severe way, accused in a kind of light enough way that it's eye-opening for him, but without being like, you know, some big rape accusation. And it's just really interesting the way they deal with that because they bring a lot of these topics that are really relevant to light, but in a framework that isn't too serious or difficult, but is just quite topical and relevant. So I really like it for that reason. And it's quite sexually explicit, but not in like a trying to be provocative way in a very like well it's 2019 why shouldn't we be way yeah. so right. yeah give it a go yeah. I really enjoyed it and I talked about it on the podcast before and quite a few people have messaged me about it saying I would never have
3: found this show and actually I love it I've been really into it so I do yeah, recommend I'd it I'd like anything that's kind of about magazine craft even if it's completely fictional yes. so, Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean
0: there's a lot of stuff yes. I do think you need to be in the industry to know that it's a load of rubbish and that's probably not how it works
3: <laughs> but it doesn't matter
0: like you know you can suspend mm. reality for long enough to enjoy it the other thing that I just need to give a shout that too, is I feel like reading is not the word you're supposed to use when you've been listening to an audiobook of a book anyway on audible I've been listening to one of John Ronson's books so you've been publicly shamed for those who don't know he's a British journalist and I loved his book The Psychopath Test uh, which I also really really recommend and he also did an amazing podcast series two years ago called The Butterfly Effect which was all about the porn oh, yeah. industry and the effects of it so he's a really interesting investigative journalist and this book is old it's not new it's quite psychological so he delves in into why we feel shame, how to deal with that, how it can really affect people's lives. And it can be extreme public shaming or just day-to-day embarrassment that we carry around. But basically, you know, everybody has shame to some extent that either is with them from adolescence or from something significant that's happened to them. And he interviews people who've been through the most horrific public shaming. He speaks to Max Mosley, for example. who was wow. caught in, Yeah, and like in this outrageous Nazi-themed sex scandal. And he talks to people who have inadvertently done things that have been provocative and you know had massive repercussions across twitter and the result of them losing their jobs and losing friendships and you know all these really life altering things and it, it just his way of storytelling is so engaging and anyone who's interested in kind of how we work will get a lot from it it's really mm. good i recommend it highly one other thing i hope everybody has watched in the last few weeks is the beyonce we use documentary in inverted commas in this <laughs> office but is the new beyonce homecoming tour which dropped on netflix last last week and has been causing a bit of a stir pascal wrote a piece about all the big things you can take away from it but lou you weren't really a fan
1: no i feel like saying i didn't like it was like swearing (laughs) in church like i think beyonce is amazing she's an insane performer there's no doubt about that but i was going into it thinking it was going to be more of a documentary about her about you know how she's got to where she is about the tour And it was just, I didn't really get that. There were like little tiny nuggets of that. But for me, there wasn't enough. I was like fast forwarding the performances, which were amazing. I Mm. don't take that away from her at all. But I just wanted a bit more from it. I didn't really get that. You're not wrong
0: at all. You're completely right. They shouldn't be billing it as a documentary because it's not. It is the entirety of her Coachella performance or it's actually two Coachella performances. It's weekend one and weekend two spliced together with two minute snippets every 20 minutes of behind the scenes footage of the train and the process and so I agree it's unsatisfactory if what you were hoping for yeah. was a, it was a real look into Beyonce and her life but actually if you paid attention and kind of got through it yeah. I feel like you still took away so much from those documentary moments so the stuff that Pascal put in her piece but about the amount of work that went into producing that Coachella show yeah. it was four months on vocals and then an additional four months on the dancing and the production oh. and I think actually you need to see the performance from beginning to end to understand what an unbelievable piece of theatre they put together and to understand why she's so incredible. That's how I feel about it. Anyway, you guys
3: haven't seen it yet. I haven't. I've seen bits, but yeah, I don't listen to her music kind of by choice, but I do really like her. I think, yeah, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. Really respect her. I'd definitely be up for watching it because I think the first time I realised how amazing she was, was on one of those An Audience with Beyonce nights that were on TV about three years ago and I think it was just one of those Friday night mm. programs that just carried on after the news or something and yeah I thought she was incredible and mm. I hadn't really ever appreciated that before
0: I agree with you I'm not somebody who's like oh my god yes Beyonce is my queen like <laughs> yeah. I'm not one of these people but she's just such a role model yeah. if, I mean anyone yes. listening who has teenage daughters and wants them to work hard and be aspirational and in any line of work it just proves that the people who get to the top and the people who are the best are actually the people who work the absolute hardest well for those interested homecoming film by beyonce is available on netflix now and actually the album has been dropped on spotify which is really good news because beyonce has not been on spotify for a really long time do you remember they launched that t- oh, title i a bit of marketing there very yeah. about that. and then like a week later the lemonade album which was launched on tidal like crept into spotify yeah. so there's a bit of tail between legs actually going on there but it's yeah. good because beyonce for the masses yeah Let's talk now about the best bar and ballet classes in London. For toning, strength and increased flexibility, nothing beats a ballet-inspired workout. So, Becky, you wrote a piece on the six best... Ballet like classes in London. Do I you did. try these all out? So, I have tried quite a few out. Disco Bar is new. <gasps> Disco and Bar. And I
2: really recommend it. That sounds it. really fun. It's that super, does sound super fun. fun. And it, it is brand new, like I said, but I think anyone that doesn't take themselves too seriously with bar, because I think the problem with bar is it can be quite intense and it can be it's very intimidating. Much, yeah, super intimidating. Whereas this one's my favourite on the list because I think they just put you in really fun poses. It's not super strict. It's basically just letting loose and having fun with bar rather than doing all the right poses and third position second position so that's my favorite and obviously barcore I have done before okay
0: so let's talk about why bar and ballet style is quite so good for you. Is there a difference between bar and ballet? Definitely. Ballet's
2: more traditional dance whereas bar itself I think is more about sort of leaning you out, okay. limbering you up. It's more stretching. Strengthening. It sort of merges Pilates. It's yeah. that kind of vibe. So the two put together are meant to be incredibly good for okay. your limbs and joints which is why so many famous faces get involved. And is it a way,
0: can you lose weight doing it or is it much more about toning up? No, I think you can definitely lose weight because a lot of the classes also now
2: incorporate sort of weight training mm-hmm. and it's not just sort of plieing at a bar okay it gets everything in like sweat resistance bands but it's cool. just done in a very sort of measured way that's not you don't come out and feel like you've just done a hit class well, that's you know quite nice I
3: mean? a lot of people don't, super yeah. nice yeah. yeah
2: so i think it's a great way to if you want to tone up and lose weight. It's not going to be
1: instant, obviously, but you would still see results from it. Yeah, it's, it's more about <laughs> sort of sculpting your body and like elongating your limbs exactly. and like your posture as well. It's really good for yeah. that. Yeah,
0: cool. So disco bar, disco
2: five bar.
1: pounds for a class. I know. It's super Where can you cheap? do that in Dalston
2: Hackney? And it is well worth checking out if you just want something fun and light-hearted. And what about some of the
0: others on this
2: list? So Barcourt, obviously, we've got one around the corner, which I absolutely love. And as I was saying, it's kind of a mixture of Pilates ballet moves it just brings everything in together to strengthen your core I mean it's actually quite hard but it's, really it's, it's really, really right. hard yeah
1: I've done that a few times I actually did there when you first join you can do it like a two week trial and yeah. it's like a limited classes for however much and I really really saw a difference in doing it in those two weeks and there's a lot of like resistance training. so they use resistance bands exactly and you really do work every single area mm. of your body and as I said it's not sort of like a cardio where you're like dripping with sweat because your car's racing but you feel the burn your legs start to shake which they always say is like when it's starting to work Mm -hmm. if you're looking to just tone and sculpt your body bar is really, really great for that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's what
2: Pippa Middleton did in the run-up to the wedding. Oh, we all know what it? bum she has. Yes. Oh, there you go. That
3: is good to know. Heather, ever tried a bar class? It's never appealed until we just started talking about <laughs> it now. <laughs> and now, yeah, I really want to give it a go. Yeah, me too. I love yoga, so I love the stretching and strengthening you get from doing a mm. yoga or pilates class. I always assumed that a bar class would be too hardcore because I know some people who've done it and yeah. it does sound hard work
1: but But it's it's like very little movement so you have to sort of pulse your leg and it's like moving your leg an inch like a tiny tiny bit so yeah it's definitely worth a go weirdly a bit addictive actually because it's not so sweaty and Mm. like hardcore and you don't
2: come out feeling like you're going to have a heart attack it's just
1: kind of you just feel quite good you feel quite revitalised kind of like reformer completely and I feel like I've used every muscle in my Mm. body that has probably just been laying dormant for a while (laughs) so yeah
0: I don't really like doing a workout that doesn't get me really hot and sweaty only because I only have so so many hours in the week yeah. to work out, so yeah. I feel like I really need to, to right. feel and see the effect yeah. of it, if I, I'm going to do it.
3: Yeah, I like to let
0: loose Me too, as well. and, and like kind really of, sweat it yeah, out. Yeah, Pumping music and kind of, yeah. yeah and way. I love that feeling when you know you've had like heavy night and you're really sweating and you're like, that's that pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that booze coming out of it." system. Yeah. <laughs> I really do like that feeling, but having said that, it's quite hard to get that sculpt and shape from those kind of classes. Yeah. 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 Definitely... I think it's about a mix, isn't it, really? It's
2: about sort of using them to tone and then getting yeah. sweaty what, sessions I and mean, then you
1: almost have like a little bit of that yoga like meditative state as well so I think it's a good in between yes definitely
0: also I find so much doing those hot sweaty weighted classes can be really bad for your muscles and your joints yeah. and everything and like you know often lifting weights you're not taught properly how mm-hmm. to do them in those classes and actually I can sort of feel the effects yeah sometimes of doing too much weighted
1: stuff so doing something a bit more stretchy mm. and, and it is also the type of thing that if you can't get to a class and you sort of remember a few things then you can do at home mm. we did a little video with the founder of barcore and it was like a 10 minute workout that you can do at home which i actually did in front of my tv <laughs> last weekend so things like that is really really good if you can't get to a class and you or you can't train as much as you'd like to just to sort of tie you over such a good that's point so that's on our youtube channel isn't it exactly yes check it out <laughs>
0: Okay, let's talk now about London's best rooftop bars and outdoor terraces. We all know that the weather was pretty sweet last weekend. It might not be quite like that this week, but with summer hopefully on the way and as nice (laughs) as it was last summer, if you dare to dream, then we'll be making the most of those outdoor spaces in London. So I want to know, where do you guys go for a a bit of outdoors in the city centre?
1: I actually really struggle with this. Whenever I try and think of it, I can't really think of anyone. I think, okay, that will be cool, but that will be packed. Mm. Everyone will be there and then that won't be fun. And I really struggle, So this list was very helpful. Heather,
0: queen of the lifestyle,
3: (laughs) hit us. Where would you recommend then? I really like what the Rosewood London, that hotel down in uh, Holborn, are doing. It hasn't quite opened now. It's opening at the end of the month. But last year they did an amazing sort of secret garden and they always partner with a booze brand and have like a range of special cocktails. And it's just in this very quiet, pretty courtyard right in the centre of London. So so it does feel like you're kind of away from the crowds, which I think, Lou, yeah, that can sometimes the issue with those kind of outdoor spaces on a nice day but this year at the end of may they're teaming up with night Imber, so they'll be doing lots of english sparkling wines and callum franklin who works at holborn dining room has created a special menu as well so i think nice. that'll be a really nice little spot to go to And do you think that's something you have to book in advance probably not i think maybe on a saturday it could be really busy but i think that's the kind of space where after work on a wednesday for example mm. you could probably pop yeah, in pick and, your day yeah. yeah that's the other key. <laughs> Monday thing <night>? <Yeah>. yeah there are loads of more spacious party places I suppose that are opening at the moment so you've got Vinegar Yard that's just opened at London Bridge which is below the Shard and that's a big kind of pop-up space for the summer. They've got lots of little shops, they do a vintage market on a Saturday Mm. they've got lots of bars and street food there's Neverland obviously in Fulham which we've gone to a few times because it's not far from the office and they've got beer pong and lots of games you can play. Is Um, that a beach? Yes, fun. I think they change it slightly each year Uh but it was Fulham Beach one time and now it's called Neverland. Oh, there was one in Camden mm. that was like a beach. Yes, so that's the one on top of the roof at Roundhouse. Yes. They're that's doing that I again. Know, yes. It's called LA Nights I think oh, cool. when it's that opening later this year. And then Pagola Paddington as well, which is opening yes. up. But it's again. not really outdoors though. It's yeah, I think they've got more up. of a, an outdoory okay. area this time. But yeah, it is kind of covered yeah. so mm-hmm. that it's England, isn't it? I suppose they yeah. can't risk it. Mm-hmm. But I know what you mean. I think the, a lot of the these places are probably better for if you've got a party and you want yeah. to book an area mm, rather yeah. than somewhere you'd just go if it was a couple of you because they can get really busy yeah. not rowdy in a bad way but if you did want a nice catch up um, in the yeah, sun definitely. you've got to go in the frame of yeah. mind or somewhere always... to sit even exactly. exactly? Dalloway Terrace
1: actually is always my go to because you can book there and that's nice for like if there's a few of you going for a drink you want to kind of be outside, you're kind of away from the hustle and bustle. Yes, very easy for everyone to get
3: to. They've got a lovely Sri Lanka theme at the moment so the food cocktails and the, the trees good oh, for nice. the girls are nice. all Sri Lankan themed which is very on oh, trend really nice mm-hmm. well
0: my equivalent is Chiltern Firehouse that's such a good terrace and it just doesn't fill up as much as you would think it would so actually on the Easter weekend when it was really lovely weather they do breakfast till 10.30 on Ooh. the weekend so if you just get there at a nice time i got a table outside at 10 o'clock right in the oh, sun no. and did you have to book? no we didn't have to book no okay. they were taking walk-ins it seemed like oh, everybody so was walking I know you can walk in in the evenings until 7 I think it is as well so you can just and get a drink there you might have to queue a bit but it's hardly like a horrible place to queue mm, yeah. or, you know, <laughs> or you wait at the bar inside exactly, or something it's, yeah. so, it's so lovely and yeah it really is a bit of a sun trap when the weather's nice you feel like having breakfast in LA or something yeah. when you sit there it's so lovely the other place as well is the Boundary yeah. in Shoreditch it gets busy mm-hmm. but I feel like you can get a spot there if you're you know, sharpening your elbows a bit as well <laughs> organised
3: yes yeah. exactly
0: Becky any go-tos I mean
2: I absolutely love a rooftop bar <laughs> and I'm yet to go to Bergola so that is on my list actually but I love the Queen of Hoxton, and that oh, was on the yeah. list. And I used to go there. In fact, pretty much last summer, we went as a group quite a lot. I just love it. I know it gets really busy, and it does get very rowdy. But if you're kind of in the market for that atmosphere, it's a good place to go, and you don't have to book. It's a bit of a queue system, but it's just fun when you know what you're signing up for. But I would agree about Dalloway. It's always very grammable there as well.
0: <laughs> yes, so it crazy. is very grammable. Also, another question: Isn't Hamyard doing something similar to the
3: Hoxton this year? I was looking just before Easter mm. and they do like their open roof. They do. Yeah. They kind of theme it. A lot of these places, they obviously have the terraces year round. And then as soon as summer rolls, mm-hmm. they kind of redress it with new plants and maybe add a bit of a theme and often do end up collaborating yes. with the booze brands. And I think well. you can
1: actually book there as yeah. well.
3: You can. Which yeah. is dream. So if you yeah, know the yeah, weather's going to be nice, give them a call. Yeah.
1: Another one great. is Petersham in Covent Garden. They've yeah. got their oh, oh that, um, courtyard. Yeah. that courtyard and then they've also got their sister restaurant as well on the other side of the courtyard where you can outside it's just yeah, that's such a beautiful that's, that is a
0: good
2: show that's, that
1: is a really good one <laughs> there
0: are loads now we're starting naming them are there the john lewis on oxford street also has something on the roof every year and there's also selfridges is it alto by san carlo yes. or something yeah pop up up there yeah which i really love
2: nice. that one yeah. really, they do very good food as very well very good apples oh, brilliant all year round yeah
3: john lewis's one is festival themed this year oh, Fun. cool
2: great well <laughs> <laughs>
0: clearly this list is full of great inspiration for this so do check out Heather's Peas on the site. Well, if you are going to be spending lots of time outdoors this summer, then if you're like me, you're going to need some hay fever supplies but i feel like when i was growing up i was in the minority and no one had hay fever and now i feel like everybody i know
2: suffers god i get hay fever i mean touch wood i haven't had anything yet but last year was pretty bad for me okay i have it quite severely but you know to the point where you literally have eyes the size of like golf balls yeah yeah she felt bad i don't know if it was a specific thing but yeah i suffer i'm definitely a sufferer heather Lou. No,
1: like no. Not. Oh, I don't not think so.
3: I think I'm getting there because, yeah, the last couple of years I've kind of had a permanently blocked nose throughout summer, but... but I feel like some people say they have it when they have a cold. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I had a cold throughout the whole of last year, though. had a three-month cold. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't coughing or anything, but, yeah, I didn't have any of the itchy eyes or any of the really awful things, mm. like yeah. constantly sneezing, but, but uh, luckily do... I think I'm in the clear.
0: They do say that pollution is making so many more of us susceptible to it so that in the past where pollution levels were better people just tended to suffer less whereas now a lot of adults suffer where they hadn't before. Yeah. So Becky, I was always the same, like so 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 bad, but last summer I was absolutely fine because of Pyrenees. Oh. <laughs> it's just is another opportunity to plug Pyrenees. <laughs> I'm so happy this time is around again. Oh. Pirene's isn't the nasal spray by Piraton. And when you put this piece together about all the things that can help hay fever, I was a bit affronted that Piranase only not new section to be honest. The it's honestly changed my life. I don't suffer so badly from eyes and I think obviously a nasal spray isn't gonna cure your watery eyes if that is a symptom that you get but I get a streaming nose and lots of sneezing and Pyrenees has completely End of that for me. It's just incredible. And I start at the beginning of the season. So I've started doing it most days already. And I don't know what it's doing to me long term. Astra's like, if you use a nasal spray every day, your nose will fall off. So I'm just, perhaps it's not like a few long term. But... I can't express enough how incredible it is and how much it has changed my life. In the summer I couldn't sit in a park or sit on a field. Claritin, you know, helped to an extent, but this is miraculous.
3: And does it make you drowsy? No. So Pyriton does. Okay. Mm. Pyrenees does not. So when you're taking it, do you do it first thing in the morning yeah. then? Just Two squirts two, and your are Two dumb. little squirts
0: up my nose. And I mean, does it affect done. your taste buds? No. No? <laughs> no. Well, not short term, anyway. <laughs> when I use something like that, it then it trickles down your trickles throat. Down yeah. Something. You have to watch that. Sometimes you do taste it afterwards. Mm. So like, oh, mm. Or you don't do it enough and it, like, falls straight out oh, of your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy. So you've got to get your angles right. Sounds mm. like you know what you're doing but, but yeah, right yeah, now. bit, yeah, bit a of practice. Exactly.
2: Well, I'm the opposite. It's my eyes. And I do sneeze a hell of a lot.
0: And it's like I said to you the other day. I only discovered Claritin last year. I heard Becky <laughs> pitching this piece. Ashton was like, there's this is a really great new thing for hay fever. It's called Claritin. <laughs> and
2: like, oh. Ashton was like, that's not new. <laughs> I was like, really? But honestly, if you suffer with sort of itchy eyes and just general hay fever symptoms, Claritin is really effective. I find it more effective than Pyriton.
0: Well, it's Pyriton and Benadryl right. have got drowsy side effects and Claritin is one of the only ones that doesn't. So yeah. that's why it, it is really Yeah, because to
2: be fair, every time I took Pyriton, I would literally be like passing out. Mm. So it is really effective yeah, if you Really suffer.
0: I, I remember taking me.
1: peritone on DV like the morning of DV oh, It was awful. I like God. dragged myself through the fields. Yeah. I take peritone for prickly heat when I'm on holiday, mm. and often, like at lunchtime, I can yeah. never sleep throughout the day. <laughs> and I just really feel my eyes going. Yeah. I fall asleep at a lunch table once. It's <laughs> <so> <laughs> really bad. Um, <laughs> Does it help for prickly heat? Because I actually yeah, suffer self- that really, really, really badly. Yeah. Really and really you also found B12? Beta carotene. Beta carotene. So those are the two that I now swear by. Take beta carotene. Like, I didn't know six weeks before you we go on holiday and then I just take Puriton whenever it, it like comes up and really helps. Okay that's a really good point. Yeah, that. that
0: is a good point. Becky any other tips for combating hay fever this summer? I spoke to the Lloyd's pharmacist for
2: this piece and they were saying that a lot of people never actually find a treatment that works for them and most of the time you have to use several different attacks as it were to help yourself but he was saying that just even dabbing like Vaseline or a specific balm around your nose at night will help stop the pollen from attaching or getting any further up so simple things like taking a really cold shower every time you've been outside and that mornings and evenings are when it's worse because obviously it rises and then falls so I mean it's just hard but you have to kind of make those simple little hacks into your
0: Lifestyle, And what about more extreme measures? I know you can go to the doctor and get...
2: You can. You can get, like, your nose cauterised as well if you go and see your doctor. But it's quite extreme. Mm. And he did say in the piece that you have to kind of be quite sure because it is quite a process. Mm. And also honey. Apparently honey, if you take that about six months in advance and as long as it's local because it has sort of pollen-fighting effects... You could be cured. I mean, I'm yet to see the
0: results of that, but some people claim they have. Because it is all down to it being local, isn't it? Because that defends you against the pollen that is there that makes it
2: when it's local it includes different types
0: of pollen that helps you build an immunity. Interesting. So But we all live quite far from the office. I don't know what local means, but (laughs) you've got to choose whether you're gonna be hay
3: fever filled at home or at work. I think it's so so true. The whole thing thing just sounds very expensive mm, using several treatments at once and then maybe getting this artist and honey on the go as <laughs> well it just sounds yeah yeah unfortunately I, that makes me feel very sad can't yeah. lucky Heather. yeah we should for now for
0: now <laughs> speaking of bathroom cabinets we wrote a piece on electric toothbrushes and whether they really do make a difference so becky do they
2: yes 100% I've actually used an electric toothbrush for a long time now but I still like a manual there's nothing wrong with them but it is proven that electric toothbrushes get rid of over I think 12% more plaque it doesn't actually sound like much but that is a lot day to day given that you really do need to be ridding that from your mouth So, so. Not- I think they're super impressive they also what was interesting about this piece was he said a lot of people when they use manual tend to wear down their gums and that's why you get recession so mm. early whereas with an electric it just controls everything for you and the good thing about it is you know if you've gone overboard because the edges go frayed within mm. like weeks and that's not what should be happening so if your electric toothbrush looks like that chill out on the brushing but it's pretty hard to do so I think that is the benefits really they get rid of more plaque and they just let you control it you'll never go overboard with brushing
1: basically interesting Lou do you use an yeah I am an electric a toothbrush kind of girl I find actually it's really helpful with the time because if I was doing it manually I could probably just do it for like I don't know, 15 seconds. i mm. be like, oh, I'm off to do the next thing. So I think it's good that I've got like a two-minute window that you have to brush your teeth for. But when I travel, I do just use manual. Yeah,
3: me too. Heather, do you I, use one? I do. I'm quite a new convert though. My dentist told me about a year ago that I was an excellent brusher and very <laughs> thorough. But also I think I'm guilty of the a bit too thorough and mm. he was worried about my gums because I am just kind of like yeah. going for yeah. it. So uh, yeah, I've switched to an electric. I've got one of those Foreo Sonic ones, which are sort of rubber- instead of bristles okay. and yeah it's really nice to massage your gums with those yeah. but again it's a travel size one so it's a slightly cheaper one mm-hmm. i think if you get a full size one it's about 150 pounds yeah, it's yeah. about 50 but you do have to just keep replacing the batteries because yeah. they do run out quite quickly okay. but the price to pay for oh, so you can't
1: charge it it's no just it's, it's, yeah, it's little,
3: two little batteries i think oh. the full sized ones come with a charger but okay. these ones mm-hmm. don't but it's good because it means you can take it away with you as well although yeah. i do like a i've got a nice japanese one i got when i went to japan (laughs) for my travel stuff but no i've noticed a difference again with the timer and my gums never hurt before but i think in general it just feels nicer to brush them that way with the rubber one Mm, rather than really going for it with the bristles
0: Mm. well i'm the same as you only recently converted because i had recession from over brushing it's fine but I don't feel like they're clean because for me cleaning your teeth mm-hmm. is getting is yeah. really scrubbing and yeah. because you can't really do that with an electric I never feel like that satisfaction of like oh mm. yeah I've given my teeth a really yeah, good yeah. clean
3: I do still use a normal toothbrush to brush my tongue well, yeah, like I love brushing well. my tongue and I feel Ooh. like you can't, yeah. Yeah. I can't do that oh you've got oh, to brush you your have tongue to. that's yeah. where all the bacteria yeah. is I've yeah. never brushed my tongue no, you no. Oh, so I brush it every day. you have to kind of be careful so you're obviously not going too far gagging will just properly go for it for it sideways Mm, because that's where all the bad stuff is pre-teeth or post-teeth after yeah so as I'm doing all the rinsing and stuff just give it a real I do
2: mouthwash I'm very partial to a mouthwash interesting Mm. do you think
0: it makes a difference
2: like wisdom teeth pain, all that yeah, sort of thing. It yeah. just it gets rid sort of infection, and yeah. it's actually
0: the bits that are quite hard to get to. Mm, exactly, yeah, that is, yeah. yeah. in The back of your mouth. I love a bit of flossing as well. Oh my god, I love, I love flossing. flossing. I've got really gappy teeth, so actually, oh, those get
1: stuck in. Them. So it's how often
0: do about... you floss? Oh, every evening.
1: Mm. Really? Yeah. Mm. yeah, me yeah, yeah. Too. God, do you remember in the OC when Anna and Summer are in the bathrooms and they're talking about flossing and how important it was? And I was like, shit, <laughs> <laughs> I obviously don't, don't floss enough. So it started a craze of doing then, and I just. Really like dropping and out mm, of flossing. I like, know yeah. I should do more because that is always the thing the dentist tells me that I need to do more of. Floss, floss. Pretty floss. Woman is good in space for that as well. Yeah, like yeah. how she goes to the loot
0: floss. Yeah. yeah. She thinks it's drugs, but it's floss. Yeah. yeah.
3: It always makes my gums bleed. That means they're
1: not healthy, Heather. So oh My gums. Also, yeah. if, if it bleed, bleeds, you have to keep cleaning. So yeah. You have to keep going.
3: Yes, that's oh, really? what I do. When I start, it's just Well, <laughs> yeah. especially when you use the mouthwash afterwards. Oh,
0: yeah. I do not use the string, I use the little sticks. Oh, know? yeah. Yes, although they are probably quite bad for the environment because mm. they are plastic and they are just that useful. is actually so super true that I of that, yeah uh, they're useful but floss yeah. is plastic as well though. i know so. i know there you go there's a piece for you yeah. sustainable oral hygiene yeah there you go enjoy there's a lot of tools for the kitchen out there but which ones are worth the investment we asked our favorite london chefs for the essential tools they can't cook without and there were some real surprises in this mix
3: heather which were your favorites I did enjoy some of the crazy ones like there's a Leatherman at the end that Ivan from Native recommended which is a sort of all-in-one utility sort of pen knife but if you look at the picture of it it looks like a transformer or something <laughs> it just like, I can't ever imagine when you would need to what use What does he it. do with it? He goes foraging so a lot of the food at Native is sort of forage so I imagine it comes in handy for when you're hacking oh, away. Oh wow. Do you see what I yeah, mean? Yeah <laughs> god it does look like a transformer. So I enjoyed uh, looking at that but in terms of inspiration Masha Rayner from uh, Lena Stores spoke about her mini food chopper, and that's something I've had my eye on for a while because I hate chopping onions. Any other veg I find quite therapeutic, but mm. my eyes are just pathetic, and even the sight of an onion they kind no. of start dripping. So <laughs> I'd quite like, yeah, mini food chopper just to quickly chop my onions up for me. The one that she recommended is nine ninety nine from Aldi. Oh, great. So and is it one of these ones where you just put a vegetable in and you put exactly, the down and it, it just whizzes it up? Oh, that's
0: quite satisfying. Isn't yes. It?
3: So yeah, I quite fancy one of those. I also was horrified by one of the other chefs who was recommending a mandolin because I just think they're the scariest thing <laughs> in the world, having watched many different cookery programmes. What does mandolin actually do? So it's basically like a grater, but it slices things. So if you want perfectly sliced potatoes, So you basically have to grate. It's got a guard on it, but okay. it's a big old yeah, blade. Well, so you hear all sorts of ooh, horror stories ooh, about chefs using them in their early days of chefing mm, and you know cutting fingers finger. off and oh. all sorts so just the sight of one makes me cringe slightly yes, I get that. but I also like the look somebody recommended a good grip salad spinner and again I'm in oh, the market enough. for an excellent I quick a salad spinner, spinner. Hey, what's a
1: salad spinner just mix it all together so, so, no no so you know when you buy a bag of lettuce salad whatever yeah. and then you need to wash it yeah. and you can't just like shake it off like you'll then put on the plate it's and so then you so wet yeah, so you basically exactly. you put it it's like a crate mm-hmm. which is then within a bowl and then it spins the inside crate
3: really? and then gets all the excess mm. water off which That's then goes sick. at the end Genius, it's amazing my wow. mum had one growing up it was the cheapest crappiest yeah, thing so and you'd so have cheap, to really but... kind of get yourself going <laughs> to kind of yeah. for it to do anything but I think the ones you can get now you can just kind of press a button, press button. and it spins it so quickly that all the water yeah. kind of
1: comes I, my, off mine's a handheld it's pretty old school yeah, yeah. but this I find one. it incredibly satisfying
3: I have no idea I thought you had to like pat it down oh I hate that when you're cutting up a lettuce and then you're rinsing it it yes. ruins the salad dressing. Yeah and if you've got like
1: chips on your plate and then yeah. it makes your chips go soggy, it would be worse. So yeah. So yeah it's, good it's a it. good
3: grips salad spinner so okay. both of those items are now mm. in my Amazon inbox.
1: Oh interesting. Lou? So my boyfriend is a very keen chef and incredibly into his knives and has actually been known to take our knives when we've been going somewhere oh, um, Lou. <laughs> an Airbnb because they aren't sharp enough. So wow. yeah sharp knives knives. There were some nice looking knives. There were, mm. yeah. And does he have um, a sharpener? Well, I think, actually we might do but he actually goes somewhere on Oxford Street to get them sharpened. I mean,
3: Whoa, yeah. that
1: is hardcore. There's yeah. a sharpening stone in here there if you want is. to save so a I bit But I think there's a real art yeah. to it and he is got a particular ex- about them. So. If they're
3: expensive knives as well, they probably don't charge you if you go to the actual yeah. shop. Yeah, exactly. So, there's wow, he's handlers. so
0: hardcore, that's mad. Yeah. That is, um, how often does he get them sharpened? Every couple of months. It makes <laughs> it such a difference. Yeah someone in the office was telling me about having a sharpener yeah. and saying
1: that she can't believe the difference it makes to her knife. yeah mm. I mean at first I was like isn't a knife a knife but then since having them you really do realise yeah. what a difference it makes just kind of if you glide it over a, like a tomato it just goes sh- Instead of there, squishing okay. it and everything yeah, and you coming out. You should have to apply pressure and things like that. Does
0: he have different knives yes. for different... So knives
1: for steak and knives for salads and... No, no, no. This is just for prep work. So like okay. if he was chopping like an onion versus a potato he would or use a different some knife. ginger. Yeah, there's like... And array. I personally just like the smallest one. Yeah. So yeah, knives is the main thing. We've got a nice blowtorch. I find
3: them um, key if you're into creme brulees. What can you use a blowtorch for that isn't a creme brulee? Yeah, aubergine, miso <gasps> aubergine to yes. crisp it up a bit, caramelize mm. it a bit. Nice.
0: I often see chefs putting an aubergine in tongs and doing it on the hob, but yeah. that fills me with fear. I would definitely catch my whole <laughs> yeah. on fire. Yeah. Yeah. I think
3: anything as well. Uh, sort, you know, anything that's in those like cups, bacon, and Alaska. then you just yeah, really quickly heat it up so that it comes out yes. easily as well but I haven't got a blade torch.
0: Becky, any you swear by? Oh, I mean, we were just
2: discussing the salad spinner, and I too am very partial to a salad oh gosh, spinner. You really need to, um, to on. get on board yeah. with that, change your life. But I do quite like the idea of a falafel scoop. Oh, that was I another was... thing. I didn't see I mean, that. I'm very into the idea of a little scoop to create some juicy falafels. Do you make falafel at home? Well, I would make falafel at <laughs> <No, laughs> I home, had I had scoop. Scoop. Yeah,
3: I'd imagine similar. And yeah. I have an ice cream yeah. scoop. Yeah. These Simula. are the delightful duo from Honey and Co. So I imagine they make a lot of yeah, falafel. Yeah, they said
2: they make a hell of a lot. It's, it's like really you need a deep detail. fat fry to
3: make really good falafel. Yeah. you do. Yeah.
2: Baked, it's it's no, it's not doesn't it doesn't work. And then also, this is a basic one, but I also use a tea strainer because I hate limescale or anything like that. It's just horrible and it's a really simple thing, but it does make the difference. But I've noticed Masha Rainer from Head Chef at Lena Stores, she uses it to infuse her pasta with spices. Ooh. So I mean, I'm going to be trying that. Wait, Wow. Well, I don't really know, but she said that she can't be without her strainer. It comes in handy when she infuses pasta with spices. Oh, I see. So she must
0: put the sponge so in, in and then put the it in the water. And water. And yeah. Pour, yeah, cool. I'm obsessed with that idea. I love how chefs are so innovative like that. One of my favourite things on this was one of the chefs who said they swear by their hairdryer. Oh, I liked I saw him. That. Oh yeah. my god, was it a man? Is it yeah? At
3: Blacklock, <laughs> so they use their barbecues a lot, and he yes. says it just kind of gets the coals going a bit quicker. Exactly, he, he says our grills
0: work on charcoal, so it takes lots of time for the coal to fire up and to reach the correct. Temperature, especially when you're cooking hundreds of chops in a short period of time. This is where the hairdryer comes in handy. It blows extra air towards the cold so it can burn quickly and reach the perfect
3: temperature. Love it. When you're writing yeah. this kind of piece, this is exactly the answer you yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're there, like, can you just give me a few extra bits? Yeah, so, when they come back with something like that, you're like, brilliant. Some results like and you're not like boring. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> very important.
0: Also, he spares by a steak weight. Also, not something I'd heard of before. Do you?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. So it's just, you know, to you push- really want to get that nice char on a yeah. steak so you just kind of pop it on top and it just gives more contact I suppose wow. to the grill learning a lot
0: <laughs> also I'm so jealous I don't have any outdoor space but I'm so jealous of all these people with their amazing barbecues I know, oh, I know. Same. The, the flat below me they have a garden and he has a Josper grill oh, nice. and he uses it throughout every season yeah. and the smell mm. is
3: incredible and oh yeah. I would just love to just have bread on the Josper grill I'd it's love a big green egg one day yes. even a small green egg yeah the mini one would <laughs> be fine any green egg would be lovely
0: I also, smoking and barbecuing I love I love watching, like, outdoorsy cooking shows. So on Francis Mountain's Top Table, he's a really famous South American chef, and he goes out into Patagonia, where he lives, and creates, like, those barbecues in the middle of the forest. And, like, even Jamie Oliver sometimes yeah. like, builder. He's like, oh, yeah. here's how you whip up a grill, you know, on the beach. Whatever. Yeah. just, like, there's such a flavour that comes from outdoor yeah. cooking that you can't get in the kitchen itself, isn't there?
3: So good. My uh, boyfriend's uncle also lives in Brighton, and he has a metal bucket with coal in. And all he'll do is just get some really nice salmon, put a few... Bits on, wrap it in tin foil, and just whack it on mm. top of the coals for like fifteen minutes. Go swimming, come back, and it just—it's just salmon, We're but together. it's the nicest oh salmon. God. When I hear ever. about people like that, I feel so depressed about my own life. I'm actually, like, well, I hate just, to say it's reason get a piece of salmon. He doesn't catch the salmon. No, <laughs> <laughs> I know, but
0: like, I just sit and watch Friends but instead just of going a, for a swim it's just while a I'm metal waiting. Metal bucket—it's yeah. so simple. That description was very idyllic. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that the dream. Yeah, so nice. Any other great? appliances
1: was by in the kitchen another really good one that was on here was a microplane grater What's they that? are it is just a grater okay. but they come in a different grate depending on which one you go for and they are really really good mm. so i think that's oh, sorry, what is that a brand yeah microplane is the brand microplane okay
0: Finally, a bit more food chat. We wrote a piece on all the great things you can do with eggs. I came quite late to eggs. I didn't eat them until I was, like, early 20s. Really? Yeah, I hated them growing up, and Ben slowly but surely
1: got me into them, and now I'm a bit of an egg fiend. Mm. So I
0: want to know, what do you guys do with eggs? They're just such a
1: good, simple ingredient, aren't they? So the first thing I ever learned to cook was French toast, a.k.a. Eggy bread, Mm. and it's kind of really stuck with me since then. So I think, for me, it's a real comfort food, eggs, know. it's just quite a simple easy
3: nothing too fancy for me with eggs but I know you can do everything basically.
1: Mm.
3: Heather? I really like making ramen at home and Tim Anderson who won Masterchef probably about six years maybe longer ago now he's a massive Japan fan and he's got an excellent cookbook called Japanesey and Mm. in there you can make pickled eggs like soy pickled eggs and you can just keep them for ages and then when you're having your ramen just get one and slice it up and top your ramen with it. Are they as gooey as when you go for ramen. Yeah, I mean it depends if you've done your job properly and cooked the eggs correctly. But yeah, they're not like runny because they've been pickled mm-hmm, for yeah. for ages. But they're because there's soy sauce in it as well, just kind of yeah. infuses and they've got really really nice flavour and they last a long time as well. Yeah, oh my nice. god, um, yeah. So they're really good to kind of have lying around. Yeah. They don't really last long to be honest. They're meant to be like oh you can keep them for three months, but they last about a week. Okay. But that's good on top of ramen. And my favourite, I just love scrambled egg on some really nice toast yeah no milk loads of butter crack that pepper yeah no milk no milk it. and so slow so yeah. slow yeah. like
1: scrambled eggs is one of those things for me where it can either be so yeah. amazing or so completely low. agree Disappointing. quick scrambled eggs on a high heat oh. yeah. dreadful when, when it's powdered. when it's
3: like an mm. omelette
0: when yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. and when it's like a bit hard and no. a bit dry around well, the like rubbery like yeah. isn't it yeah. oh. before Granger I went Co. I was like, just thinking about Granger and Co they are it's like in a circle and it's just it's a cloud yeah it's amazing I know Amazing. I once saw caught Heston doing scrambled eggs on some TV show. And he does his, like, sous vide almost. So oh, yes. the way you'd melt chocolate, he does them in a yeah. glass bowl, overheat. Yeah. That slowly, like an hour to whip them. But that really, think, yeah. yeah, that's like you're going to get cream but... scrambled eggs that way. Ooh, yeah. I also saw
1: something with Jamie Oliver and he was doing a fried egg, but he'd put oil. And then I think it was sesame seeds mm. and then fried the egg oh, over the top of it. And then, like, folded it over, and it had this, like, really crispy, seedy Ooh, base. Yes. In That's in the, the Five yeah. Ingredients book yeah. yeah, so that we all, all love. Google Korean ones, fried egg was like, it's yeah, called. Exactly. <laughs> and everyone was like, God, what is this? It's just a fried egg. Like, how boring. And then was like, Ooh. <laughs> was like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Fried and tested. It's good. Is it really? It is. Ooh, cool. I love a fried egg mm. as well. Actually. In a sandwich. Fried if you want to, like, pimp your
0: sandwich. Ooh. Yeah. Just, I like a bit of, like, turkey. I buy like the kosher turkey packet. <laughs> and then, yeah, a bit of melted cheese, which definitely unkoshes it very And, Yeah. Tomato ketchup and a fried egg. because so oh. you don't know when you're going to get to the yolk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it just bursts. Oh, it's the best. Ultimate hangover. For yes, Becky. <laughs> oh, guys, I'm so
3: hungry.
0: <laughs>
2: Frittata mm. and omelette is probably yeah. what I would most. Well, I mean, most use eggs for is anything breakfast wise. I love poached eggs. Oh my god, I love poached eggs. Do you like them runny? Runny, mm. definitely. They've got to be runny. They've got to be that sort of perfect balance. Not none yeah. of the like white gooey bit. Don't none oh, of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't. It
3: makes that's the one thing that makes <laughs> yeah, me gag. gag. My, my throat it's yeah. gone strange thinking about <laughs> it so yeah. I yeah. when they're too wet yeah like I don't that order is that white sort gooey of, I don't yeah. order shakshuka sometimes in restaurants and other I'm things All baked eggs because I'm worried that the white's going to be yeah. translucent and, warm. and a bit yeah. jelly-like no. yeah, yeah that's, that's it. it
2: moving on <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, about that. but yeah I am a big egg fan honestly so what I do you put in a frittata so frittata anything with ham cheese mm. all sort of vegetables I mean you can shove anything in frittata really good for leftovers and it's really good for you Easy cooking
0: novices like me, yeah, big fan. That's my. If I get home late from work and I can't think what to have for dinner because eggs is actually like the one thing I always make sure I have in the fish yeah. you can, as long as you've got a bit of old cheese and yeah. some kind of vegetable, you, you just need an old tomato and so some old true. cheese, and you can make a really nice mm-hmm. omelette from that. I like sliced avo with Oh
2: yeah. well. Also quite partial to egg on pizza,
0: like a Florentine
3: yeah. with yeah. spinach. No, just, oh, that went down badly. <laughs> i just just saying. Again, I think it's the I've had an experience <laughs> really? with a running runny. Oh, right. <laughs> Pizza can be quite soggy in the middle anyway, yeah, yeah, so concept. I don't think you need the added sogginess. It wouldn't be modest.
0: my go-to, but partially Should <laughs> I to sit back Backtrack. Back <laughs> yeah. Denied. <yeah>. Yeah. <laughs> I do like making a shakshuka. I really do, but that's also I'm in control. I, exactly, I agree. Exactly. Home. It, yeah. It's
3: fine.
0: But for me, it's soft-boiled eggs all the way, mm. toast with two soft-boiled eggs with a shitload oh. of salt is like absolute heaven. Oh. With Marmite on the yes. toast. Yes. 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 So good oh with Marmite. God. Talking of children's firehouse again. Actually, they do oh, a breakfast. It's the best. Oh my god. It's a cheese and marmite toasty and two soft boiled eggs which have truffle in them yeah there's oh truffle god. somewhere
2: it's one of the it's
0: it it's actually, the best breakfast in london yeah actually off the charts yeah it's amazing oh god i'm hungry now all right mm. well i think that's just about all we have time for this week if you have any feedback at all please do email us at podcast at we would love to hear your thoughts please do also remember to rate review subscribe and tell your friends bye-bye
1: planning for your next trip